And wait, and wait. And baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello and welcome back to Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC fan show. And as we move into June, we cast our minds back to when we were kids. Summer break just around the corner. All we had to do was get through horrible, horrible report card season. That is right. On this week's show, we're going to grade every TFC player who has played so far this season as we are at the midway point of the 2023 MLS season. Um, we're going to also read your answers to this week's burning question presented by Nextbar, and we might spend a few minutes talking about the two draws this week that TFC went through against Chicago and against Minnesota. Um, lots to dig into. Let's get into it with Jeffrey P. Nesker and Michael Singh, as always. Gents, how was the weekend? How was the week? Um, I didn't actually get out to BMO on Wednesday. Um, it was a long day and I chose actually to end up watching, um, York United beat my Forge FC with an absolute top corner screener Mm -hmm. in like the 92nd minute. So, um, tell me how BMO was on Wednesday. Uh, give me some of the vibe check there. And then obviously we'll get into some of the, uh, particulars of the, the game itself. You want to go first, Mikey? Yeah. Um, well, you saw one more goal <laughs> than yep. you would have seen on Wednesday night against the Chicago Fire. Um, mm-hmm. The vibes of BMO, yeah, a little bit better because they're coming off a, a really important win uh, when they needed a really important performance last weekend against DC United. Um, the booze for Bob Bradley after his name was announced was a little bit less... Much less passionate, much less passionate. Yeah, yeah. We'll call it. Um, and a decent crowd. Like I think they we saw twenty two thousand, which is always good for a midweek match. I know there's a lot of traffic heading into the stadium too. So, yeah, if I can think back correctly, I, I think it was a pretty decent atmosphere, despite a really dull result. Although TFC did have plenty of chances that game. That is, at least that's fair to say. Yeah, that's super fair to say. We had way too many chances for that to end nil-nil. Uh, watching it back again, there were a lot of chances uh, and there were a lot of sitters and missed opportunities and that seems to be the story of the season. Uh, but you can't you can't be tying the Chicago Fire nil-nil on a Wednesday night uh, in the middle of a season, especially with how much fixture congestion we've got coming up. So it was an enormously frustrating uh, day out, day out at, the, at the church on the lake. Uh, especially given the steps that we thought the team took uh, in in terms of forward momentum on the on the Saturday previously, it was uh, it was a bit of a of a of a nothing burger. It was a it was a wet thud of a soccer game, and uh, and then of course we had uh, Saturday to look forward to. So yeah, yeah, yeah it was uh, interesting because I watched the game the next day, and yeah, you're right. I mean, look, I, I think TFC dominated possession for large stretches. Um, you know, but I really don't think we're really creating much of anything. You know, it's, it's sort of the same thing we've kind of been talking about over the last couple of weeks, the same talk track of no winning possession battle. And that's great. Um, but just not having that final killer instinct. And it's interesting going into the Minnesota game where 
for most of the first half, the same thing was kind of playing out. Um, mm. Obviously, Minnesota being at home, having a little bit more impetus to score, having Emmanuel Reynoso on the bench is sort of this insurance blanket. Should things go wrong, pull in case of emergency, you bring him back onto the pitch. Um, and then in the second half, TFC find a way to score a goal. Um, and, and Mike, you tweeted on Saturday night, and I think some others tweeted, John Molnar also talked about this in terms of the buildup to that goal. And so pretty. See, right. So like, that's interesting because I saw, I I saw a lot of different viewpoints on this where some people were like beautiful buildup play, great execution, great goal. And then I saw some takes where that were very much like "Ah, a bit lucky, Um, you know, Berndeski is able to hang on to possession of the ball where he probably most times would lose it. Uh, um, is able to drive forward. CJ Sapong makes the wrong run to the wrong channel. Um, ball but knows enough to back heel it. Like knows enough uh, to. I see. Least. I see. That's the thing. Uh, that is it. Mm-hmm. Luck? Was he meaning to do that, or was that a bit of luck? Um, and then Richie Larea's ball across the the six, which again, bit of luck in some people thinking in that way. Um, but a great finish by Lorenzo Insigne, no matter what. Wanted to get your take on that because it's only I'm, one I'm right two minds about it. it. How can it be lucky if there's four different examples of luck taking place at a certain point? You have to chocolate up the skill. You know, if it's a if it's a chip that goes in, that's a couple variables. But this is a Richie was lucky. Him and him and him were lucky. It it was a good goal. It was a it was a very good team goal. And uh, and I'm I'm with Mike and I'm with Gav. We uh, my friend Gavin who's been here all day and, and left uh, kindly enough for me to do the show. But uh, uh, yeah, like uh, that wasn't lucky. That was uh, that was a team goal. Uh, and that was a that was a Bob Bradley goal right there. And I think we need to talk about the elephant in the center of the pitch. I really like Bernadeschi as a ten, uh, and I think it's insane that we haven't gotten here yet. I also think it's completely insane that we're probably never going to see him as a ten again. But um, I think we found a, his forever home, and it might be the number on the back of his shirt. Yeah. So I. I thought, yeah, there was a bit of luck on that play. I never said it was a fantastic build-up play and it was a pretty goal whatsoever. Um, I just said it was a direct byproduct of the shift that Bob Bradley made at halftime, which, of Mm -hmm. course, as Jeff pointed out, shifting Bernadeschi to more of that position underneath CJ Sapong and gave TFC more of an option down the middle to drive at defenses as opposed to two separate wings and what that did is ultimately created more channels by having deandre kerr run to the right bernardeski running through the middle with the ball lorenzo and tinney obviously making the late run and then of course richie larea as well who followed up on the play so that that's what the byproduct of shifting bernardeski to the middle was is that you had a guy now streaking through the middle carrying the ball who had options to his left had options to his right had option down the middle in front Mm -hmm. of him um, and then, of course, yeah, you have a bit of luck on that play, but that doesn't happen, and the buildup doesn't happen, and the follow-up doesn't happen if Bob Bradley doesn't shift Bernardeschi to the number 10 position. So I think that was kind of the point that I was making there on the goal. Um, the second point I, I wanted to make was just how important it was for Lorenzo and Insigne to really feel a goal and to really mm-hmm. get rewarded uh, to score a goal because – He's a guy who, as we know, these past two, three games since really that article came out and things were said about the club that 
has kind of turned his mentality around and his it looks like he's working way harder on the pitch, something that I wrote about and Bob Bradley's talked about and his teammates have talked about that Lorenzo Insigne now is starting to lead by example on the pitch and mm. not just because of, you know, his skill and everything like that, but just his work rate on both sides of the ball. It's his body language, it's little things like that. So when you are working that hard, you like to see Lorenzo Insigne get rewarded for that because, hey, guess what? Look at the plays right after that, what Lorenzo Insigne was doing. He was tracking back. So a goal like that goes directly back into his legs and it mm-hmm. almost re-motivates him to continue doing the stuff he's doing because, it, like I said, it gives him some re- positive reinforcement that what he is doing is working out. So for a lot of reasons, that goal was just super important. And again, Pete Lorenzo and has done this a couple of times the past couple of weeks. He's just making those long runs into the box and willing to make those runs even yep. if he doesn't get the ball the entire time. So for him to get the ball, finish that off, I thought was was a really good good take. But yeah, Jeff, if we can go back to the Bernadeschi stuff, mm-hmm. number 10. I think as Bob Bradley touched on after the game, the reason he put him there was because Bernadeschi was kind of, he's played a lot of soccer, I think Bob Bradley mentioned a couple of times, and he didn't do have to do as much running than he would have had to do if he was on the yeah. wing. But also it... it gave DeAndre Kerr a some place to be and Richie a place to be how yeah, often his best place were, were, yeah. yeah his best place to be and and I would say it unlocks Richie I feel like Richie's been kneecapping himself uh with some of his with some of his probing runs because he's often on the wrong side of Berna and and if Berna's tired well let's keep him tired because I really enjoyed him as a number 10 I mean I know Bob Bradley absolutely can't stand playing with tens, so it's probably the first and only time we're ever going to see it. But oh my god, I feel like that may be the answer, and and it sucks. I think that's a little that, unfair. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's unfair too. Like I think he look he does he get a rep t- for being yeah stodgy pretty, and strict in yeah. his formations. I think he is fluid enough to change things on the fly. Though I do question his substitution patterns at times, but that's another mm-hmm. conversation. But. You know, I think from a from a an ability to see what was going on in that first half and realize that just this was not working in terms of being able to really penetrate and and, and make that <laughs> possession count for something, right? Like th- I think that was I think that was pretty important, right? To make that move. Now, will it stick? I don't know, right? Because I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, again, it, it, the, the question now becomes: Do you make that change, and does that get all your best players on the field at the same time? And does that really put you in the best position from a defensive structure perspective? Because in many ways, you can say that although Bernadeschi was great offensively, defensively, once it gave up the goal and started dropping a little bit, defensively, it wasn't so great, yes. and it might have caused. The I'm time, not. not I'm not the pinning goal. that on Berna. That whole no, I'm not saying you pin that on the gas. The yeah, last 25 minutes, they were, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'll be the first to line up to, to, to throw stuff at Berna, but not this time. That's, that was a team, that was a team capitulation. I mean, no, they, they were so, they had lead boots for the last 25 minutes of that game. Um, I'm, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like Bob saw what was, what wasn't working in this game and made a tactical adjustment. So what the hell was he looking at for the last 54 games and didn't make a tactical adjustment? Like, I, what do you I, mean by I, that? I, well, j- the He's comment made plenty that, like, of tactical adjustments. I, I just, I think, this time. I think not trying Berna as a ten this long is is criminal, and I think not letting Berna operate in that ten after what we saw 
you know, we talk endlessly about how are we going to get these two guys on the pitch together? How are we going to get them playing together? I don't care, you know, as much as I'm I'm a student of Chris Fung logic about getting the best people on the team. These are the two people we're spending a ton of money on. And as long as they're wearing TFC shirts, I think the rest of the team is based around their best positions on the field. And I hate them as dual wingers. It's just not working for me. Uh, uh, personality-wise and what I'm seeing on the pitch-wise, it's a god-awful mess out there. And I can't stand it. And something's got to go. And I don't know if that means abandon this 4-3-3 nonsense. I don't know if it means get rid of one of them or both of them. But I want to see that kind of aesthetically pleasing soccer. And I really like Berna and the 10. So, you know, I'm all for it moving forward. Fair enough, Jeff. But, like... Bernadeschi has played the 10 before for TFC, right? Like they've done that tactical shift in the past. And the reason they haven't gone back to it that often is generally speaking, he ends up being kind of double marked by either a holding midfielder or somebody dropping deep on him. And then it's really hard for him to keep possession of the ball, right? Like that's why it hasn't worked out as much. Now it worked out this time. Um, and, and again, Look, he like the, the drive he makes to get towards goal is fantastic, right? Like you see mm-hmm. why he's got the legs to to make those runs. I think long term you still want him on the wing. Um and not necessarily as a 10 because it's kind of easy for him to sometimes get sort of out of a game um by by standing in as a 10. I, I don't think you're as effective and you may not get the same amount of work rate um sort of sitting as a 10. But I see your point, right? Like you get a result, you make a change, and you think let's let's just make that all the time. I'm not necessarily sure that's exactly the path for TFC going forward every game because I think it worked for this opponent. I think for other opponents, not so much. Uh, uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. That this is this is Bob Bradley's biggest challenge as yeah. a manager. Right, it's getting the best mm-hmm. out of Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernardeschi, and the rest kind of is secondary almost. Obviously, you want your team playing best, and that's your priority. But in order to do that, I think we can all agree is that you need to get the best yeah, out of both Bernardeschi and Insigne. Yeah, a lot of people forget like Bernardeschi played as a central midfielder at times for Juventus. He's played as mm-hmm. a wingback at times for different clubs he's been at. He's Played all over the park, so he yeah, is he's yeah, he's not a dyed in the wool winger, absolutely, yeah, slotting yeah. inside, and yeah, he doesn't necessarily have to be a, a right winger for this team. However, the question then becomes: is who do you play instead at the right wing position? And I think a lot of a lot of this, and why Jeff, I think you like Bernadeschi at the ten, and I I do agree that I you know you like seeing him there at the ten is because without. Jonathan Osorio in the squad without Victor Vasquez in the squad when you look at TFC's midfield not many like number 10 playmaking type of guys that are mm-hmm. capable of making that final pass you have guys that can shift the ball left to right you have guys that can you know play in tight areas in the middle of the park you have guys that can win the ball back and do all the kind of natural number eight kind of work but you don't really have someone in the midfield that can play as a again, like an attacking midfielder who who can play make if Osorio is not in the side. And even Ozo, like as good as Ozo is, he's 
that's not i don't think the best part he's of the game he's more either. of an eight than a 10 yeah yeah exactly. right so when you put bernadeski there it does give tfc's midfield a little bit more of an element that maybe they've missed throughout the season and that's just the sheer playmaking ability and ability to drive with the ball as well if you look at this tfc's roster that's one thing they don't have a lot of guys that are good at carrying the ball Lorenzo Insigne is pretty decent at it, obviously. I say decent because I still think he lacks a little bit of the pace, but he's shown again over the past couple of weeks that he is still capable of beating guys 1v1, and and he's done so on a pretty decent clip. He has this little nice chip move where he turns inside almost and runs mm-hmm. down the line. Um, he's shown he can do that a couple of times. Bernadeschi is pretty good at it as well. Richie Loria is obviously excellent at it. Beyond those guys, it really isn't guys on TFC's team who carry the ball forward. So by shifting Bernadeschi inside and you can put Kerr there, Kerr's also a guy who can potentially do yeah, that as well. So, yeah. yep. so I think that it just gives them a different element there in the park. So it gives Bob Bradley more options. Now, again, I think ideally he does like his 4-3-3 formation. That's his ideal formation. And ideally he would be you know, it's it's a tough dilemma as a coach. Like, do you prioritize trying to play your way because you think it's the best, and once your team gets there and understands how to play the way that you want to play, you'll be at your peak? Or do you kind of just have to go short-term here and just figure out whatever works at this point, just kind of go for it? And maybe right now what's work, what could work, I don't think, we can't even say what's working because it's been such a small sample size, but what could mm. work is shifting Bernadeschi inside. Maybe that's something they try more often. Well, I mean, if it's a way to get, it's obvious to say DeAndre Kerr on the pitch because it seems like, well, that's your that's your guy who's scoring goals right now, or Jaquiel, or Jaquiel, right? Then then you, maybe you do do it. Maybe you go ahead and you you try this for another game or two and see how this goes. Now, obviously, they've got a game coming up this weekend before the international break against Nashville, which will be interesting again because Nashville is a whole other kettle of fish that presents some unique challenges defensively, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but let's chat a little bit about report cards in grades. Mm. Let's start grading some guys um, because we are sure. at the midway point of the 2023 season. We kind of gave some grades at the end of last season. Um, and we kind of gave a little bit of status update on guys before the start of the season, what we thought of them. So let's see how they're doing now that we're at the midway point. Um, we'll start at goalkeeper and we'll work our way down. Now, keep in mind, there are players that are on this list that have played different positions, but I am using the rank, the sort of positional chart on the actual official TFC roster. So when you come at me saying, Jaquiel Marshall, he's actually a midfielder. Well, or a right back. It's like, well, actually, they list him as a forward. Just so mm-hmm. you're aware. So we're going to use it that way. Um, but we'll still talk about their overall qualities and where we think they are at this point of the season. Uh, we'll go in order. So we do have a set order for each grade. Uh, I'll read out the player's name, and then uh, you guys give me your thought and your grade on that player and sort of be ready to defend that uh, grade when you give it to them, okay? Uh, mm. So let's start at goalkeeper. I think it's pretty easy here. Um, oh, oh, one last thing before we go into grades. I'm o- We're only grading players who have actually seen minutes this season, okay? There are a few players who have not actually seen any senior minutes, um, with the first team, so we'll we'll call them out um, as we go down each uh, sort of position category. Um, so we are at goalkeeper right now. Greg Radzing and Thomas Romero have not seen full time minutes, so we do not have grades 
for those players, but we do have one for one Sean Johnson. Um, I think this is pretty easy, guys. I think this is a pretty straightforward one, um, but Jeff, you're kicking it off. So starting uh, starting us off. Sure, sure, sure. So it was a consensus. Uh, I, like I said, my friend Gavin was over and I may be a little day drunk, but uh, we voted uh, before we started. So uh, it's an A for both of us. And uh, we, 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 we messed up. So we gave him uh, uh, nine out of 10 each which is an A by your scale in, in the metric system. Okay, there you go. Jeff with an A. Michael Singh. Um, yeah, he gets, yeah, I think, yeah, an A is, an a is pretty fair. Um, only reason I'd lean or hear an argument to lean towards A- minus is he's actually not been tested as much as maybe one would have expected Sean Johnson to be tested. Is that a bad thing? You know what? I, I am going to no, say it is a, a minus. Yeah. I am going to say cool. a, a minus just okay. because there was also the game against Philadelphia. I was trying to think of like a clear cut error that he made. And there was the one against Philadelphia that okay. obviously he'd, he'd like to have back. And then there's also been lately I noticed, and especially there's one last game, but not the cleanest with his, with his feet. He's I, been tied. I, I think where... it's because he hesitates because he doesn't have an outlet. So he just gives up and then hoofs it. I've seen it a few times. That could be why, but if you even mm-hmm. if you hoof it, hoof it into like a dangerous or not a, a non dangerous area, like hoof it out. Like there was a play last game where he literally gave it to yes. I forget who it was, the Minnesota player, and the Minnesota mm-hmm. player had a wide open net. And if it wasn't for a really poor finish, you're talking about TFC going down one nil on the road uh, in a game mm-hmm. that that was really important to them. And also the, the, again, the play against Philadelphia, not, not the greatest. So yeah, I'm going to go a minus that being said, he's listen, he's come as advertised. He is a wall back there. He's rock solid. And if you look around the league right now, maybe there's three, four goalkeepers that you could clear cut say is better than him. And that's it. He's worth Mm -hmm. his price tag. And you can even make an argument. He might even be worth some more than that. So Sean Johnson. Yeah. What, what is it now? We're at, Six clean sheets. I mean, that's more than double had the past two years combined. Double, double. exactly. (laughs) But we are also woeful. Like it's you know, it it kind of does feel a bit of like polishing deck chairs on the Titanic. But we'll celebrate. We'll give him his flowers. Absolutely. Yeah, clean sheets. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm I'm an A. Um, I I get what you're saying, Mike, and that's all valid, 100 valid. Um, I'm still gonna go with A. I think, I think at times he's been let down by his defenders on some goals. Um, even to a certain extent, the the Philadelphia goal, though, uh, he should have put it out 100%. Um, that was down to some sloppy defending and a horrible giveaway um, that put them in a position to be there in the first place. Um, so from that perspective, you know, I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a pass there. Um, but I think overall an A. I think, I think you lose a lot more points if you don't have Sean Johnson behind between the sticks. Um, he's made some important saves. Yeah, he's made some mm-hmm. important saves. And I think he's also given a little bit more sort of stability to the back line in terms of instruction, in terms of being able to command his box and command the the center backs and the defenders um, on the line a little bit better. And I think, you know, those are some of the intangibles that don't get talked about with a goalkeeper, right? We just sort of see the saves tough or to the non-saves. Yeah, and those are things that are tough to measure, but... Um, I think you can see it, you know, like when you're, you know, in the South End, you see him and you can hear him 
clearly communicating all the time um, to to his defenders. Uh, one, so that's, one more thing. that's a big thing. Go ahead. Anshan, just question for you guys. Are you surprised that he's not in the top 10 in MLS in terms of save percentage? Not specific. No. And, and one, because he hasn't probably shaped, faced as many shots. And two, like when he does face shots, he, there's one of two things. Either they're, well, generally speaking, they're really good chances, right? Like TFC do give away really good chances that generally strikers are going to put away. Mm-hmm. Right. So from that perspective, I'm not that shocked. I thought he would be higher um, than he is, but I'm not shocked. Yeah, I'm a little surprised it's not top 10 at least because, yeah, we talk about TFC, you know, giving away chances at times. And I feel like Sean Johnson's made some big saves, but yeah, not as many shots. If you think about, for example, last two years, I believe Alex Bono was top two or top three in saves made in Major League Soccer. Again, Sean Johnson's not even in the top 10. So that just speaks to how good of a job TFC right. are doing in front of him as well. And he's, like you said, Mike, he could be part of that as well. So, yeah, I, again, I, I started off as an A. I can absolutely hear that argument. I'm going to go A-. minus. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think that I think that's fair all around. Um, all right, let's move on to the defenders. Uh, mm-hmm. This will be interesting. Uh, all right, we'll start off with Sigurd Roasted, one of the new center backs this season. Uh, Michael Singh, you're up first. Okay, so Sigurd Roasted's an interesting one. Um, we recency bias would tell you that he probably deserves a fairly low grade, mm-hmm. but he's been he was a guy who kind of grew into his role this year. He, again, he started off the season a little bit slow. Wasn't really sure what you're getting out of Sigurd Rostad. And then he hit a stretch of games where he was TFC's, without obviously Matt Hedges, but he was TFC's best defender. And he was one of the only guys on the team that ended up starting every single game for TFC. He's Because obviously Michael Bradley was injured, and then no one else was really able to stay healthy except for Sigurd Rostad. So he was reliable in a sense back there. Mm-hmm. Hasn't really showed the composure on the ball I would have liked for him. Um, but he, there were games where, man, he was going toe-to-toe with some of the league's best attackers. He was winning balls in the air, became a really force at, at winning balls back. But then you also think back to maybe the game against New England where he gives up a terrible, terrible giveaway, a yeah. backbreaker for a team that, again, couldn't really afford to give up goals like that. So I think I'm going to go... I'm going to go see. I'm going to go see for Sigurd Rostad. I think there's a lot more that he can give, but it hasn't been as bad, I think, as people have made out recently. That's fair. fair. Enough. All right, Jeff, you're up. Yeah, I actually just got a final grade equivalent so I can do my calculations. Uh, Gavin and I give him a C plus. And, okay. and for all the reasons uh, Mike just uh, described, the plus is for... Um, He's when you put him in a partnership with Matt Hedges, he looks pretty comfortable out there. When you take Matt Hedges out of the equation, he's a horror show. And uh, you know, I like that. You obviously want your center back pairings to work well together, but I hate that because obviously you you know there is no Butch without Cassidy, or there is no Butch Cassidy without the Sundance Kid. You know there is no uh, uh, Bert without Ernie, unfortunately. So yeah, that's uh, that's my issue with him. Fair. Um, I think I'm a little more bullish on him. I, I think a B minus is where I'd go. 
And the reason being, to Mike's point, I think to start off the season, I think he was better than I think a lot of us expected him to be. Um, and also from a solidity perspective, he and Matt Hedges were forming a really good relationship. And then he got hurt. And and I think that recency bias is it's it's there and it's fair to a certain ex- extent as another center back who we're about to rank um, has sort of mm-hmm. stepped in and looked really good since he's arrived. Um, but I actually think Sigurd Rosted has actually done a better job than people sort of want to give him credit for. Um, that said, does he have competition for his role? A hundred percent right now. He, mm, that's 100%. not to say that he has to start, right? Like, I think he's got some competition right now, and I think that's actually a good thing. So B minus for me. Um, I, I think that's kind of where I have him right now. Um, and look, he needs to get a little bit better on the ball, and I think he needs to find a way to be a lot more comfortable with other center back pairings that are not Matt Hedges. Um, yep. But, you know, from that perspective, I, I think if – he keeps things when he keeps things relatively simple, right? When he keeps it like I had the ball, I defend the ball and I get the ball cleared. He's fine. It's when he starts playing with the ball a little bit too much. That's when uh, I think he runs into a bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Yep. And like uh, G money says, uh, teams press more when he's on the pitch. Uh, they definitely game plan for him. Uh, I think they're excited when they see him uh, on the team sheet. So that's, that can't not be a bad thing. Uh, if he's affecting how teams play against us. Yeah. Um, all right, moving on uh, to one of the newest members of Toronto FC, M.A. Mabika, the sort of toast of the defending TFC defending world at the moment. Um, somebody a lot of people are talking about. We've obviously talked about the burning question, and we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, Mike Singh, uh, M.A. Mabika, your thoughts on him so far in a letter grade, please. Yeah, we'll give we'll get to him a little bit more, but just briefly, um, I'm giving him. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna give him an A. Um, yep. Recency bias. Here we go. Well, yeah. Not only that, I th- I think he's won that starting job over Cigarrosta. And when absolutely TFC initially purchased them from Inter Miami or transferred him from Inter Miami. I don't think anybody was really expecting him to get too many minutes right away, but he was thrown into the fire. I was expecting him to look a little bit more raw than maybe he has looked positionally, at least. Um, there's been times, yeah, you know, you, you liked him to step up a little bit more. I think he hangs back a little bit too much. Um, but at the same time, man, talk about a guy that's growing growing on the job and, and one of the toughest positions to learn on the fly coming into a new team is the center back mm. role. So for him to be able to do that and do what he's done, uh, I, I got to give it an A, especially considering he makes 90,000. That's that when we talk about value all the time, that is, that's a value. Yeah. 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 He's, uh, he's making a strong case for um, our scouting department, getting a, a couple po- positive points because came in out of nowhere. Looks amazing. I agree with Mike. Um, I'd like to see a bit more Chris Mavinga out of him, uh, but not full, not the full Chris Mavinga uh, experience. You know, I'd like, I'd like a little bit more wild man. Uh, Gavin, I give him an A. Okay, fair enough. Uh, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, pro- I'm an A minus. Um, very good so far. That's not to to say anything bad about him. I think he's been really great. 
it's just a minus simply because I think it's still a bit of a small sample size. Um, though he has started pretty much almost every game since he's arrived um, and thrown into that because of the injuries to Matt Hedges first and then Sigurd Rosted. Um, the one thing is he is good on the ball, but he has, he does have that sort of could make a mistake has almost got caught on, on, on Saturday, um, which would have uh, given away a breakaway um, or a clean shot on goal. I should say. Um, but aside from that, look like he's he's done a great job. Um, he's done more than anybody I think could have asked of him um, in terms of uh, in terms of coming in and, and sort of taking a role probably he wasn't expected to take right away. Um, okay, moving on to Raul Petretta. Uh Mr. Singh, you're up. Um, let me. You guys go first. Let me just refresh my stream quick. Okay. No worries. Jeff, uh, okay, uh, E plus, and that's only because uh, a six and a six on my final grade equivalents is a D plus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it looks weird to give him that, but I'm still going to give him that because six out of six, D plus. Uh, he's been a bit of a missing, he's been a bit uh, anonymous for a while and obviously following Dominico Crescito uh, was always going to be a tough ask but uh, yeah D plus D plus man I don't I don't know how, how else to, to swing it too injured uh, not making enough of that uh, that chemistry with uh, with Lorenzo you know the stuff that we expected him to do he looks to be a capable left back but is he not the highest paid left back in MLS I want more Fair enough. Um, I'm a B. Actually, I think I think really the the injuries have hampered him in terms of being able to show really what he has. I think he I think defensively he's he's pretty solid, and that connection mm-hmm. with Insigne, um, look that that's going to come with that's going to come with both of them being healthy and playing enough games together, right? So hey. from that perspective, <laughs> um, as mm. uh, Jeff and Mike uh, place with your on the screen here. Um, I can't and, be know, on I, that side, man. It's weird. Go ahead. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's a B. Um, I could have an argument for a C. I can hear an argument for a C for sure. And if you're going to count the injuries against them, I get it. But I think defensively mm-hmm. he's done well. I think you'd want to see a little bit more from him from an attacking perspective. Um, but uh, that's where I'm going to land uh, for Raul Petretta. Mike, you are back. So uh, uh, yeah. a thought and a grade for Mr. Petretta. For sure. What did you guys get? Uh, Jeff Petretta? went D plus and I went a B. Okay. I'm, I'm closer to Jeff. I'm going to go. Thank you. I'm going to go C minus. Um Kobe Franklin's been fantastic. But if you are the highest paid left back in Major League Soccer and you're losing your position out to a homegrown 20-year-old defender, you're not making anywhere close to the amount of the The impact that Mm -hmm. those at the club and fans and, and everyone else in between thought that you were going to make. Listen, allocation money, TAM defenders fullbacks especially are rare in major league soccer so if you're going to be investing tam into a fullback you need to ensure that you're getting real quality on both ends of the pitch that's yet to come i think for Mm -hmm. Trata. and and to his defense and to be fair is that he hasn't really a stayed healthy and b had 
a good run of minutes beside Lorenzo Insigne, which is part of the reason that he was picked up uh, to be part of the squad, was to really build that relationship down the left-hand side with Lorenzo. Um, but so far, I don't think it's it's worked out the way that Toronto FC would have wanted it to work out. So for, for mm-hmm. me, I, I think it, it's it's a C minus. Yep, at best, at best, uh, I could I could be I could be convinced to go lower. I mean, this is the highest paid left back in MLS. We have to stop paying people to be mediocre at best. You know what I mean? We uh, where is this brutality? Uh, it's, it's not working out for me. So on to the next. Fair enough. I think when he's played, he's been okay. Um, but there, yeah, then again, fair. but then again, yeah. you, you are right. Like you're not paying for him to be okay. Right. You're mm-hmm. paying for him to be arguably the best left back in the league. So fair enough. Yeah. I wasn't uh, going to bring it up, but Nathan did. Let's tam him on the Vanderveel train out of town come July. Nathan, gotta, I like you, buddy. Hey, at this point, he's mm-hmm. got to punch a coach, I think, to get out. Yeah. Um, I mean, there you go. Uh, if he wants to go on the Vanderbilt train. All right. Um, next, Kobe Franklin, the aforementioned Guys, we Kobe could buy Franklin. five more strikers that get no goals with, with Ralph. Oh, don't worry. We'll money, get to so. the forwards. That is the, <laughs> that is the in terms of depth, mm-hmm. there are so many yeah. forwards on this team. Yeah, um, yeah, all right, really Kobe are. Kobe Franklin. Uh, Mike Singh, you're up. Uh, giving Kobe an A because... Wow. He wasn't even... He signed a first-team deal three days before the start of the season. No one expected him to come in and really see minutes for this team, let alone win a starting job for this team, let alone be one of the most consistent performers on that back line for this team. For me, I'm, I'm giving Kobe Franklin an A. This is a guy that's growing and growing and growing on the job. And if, again, if you were able to displace a guy like Raul Petretta, who Mike pointed out has been, hasn't been the worst for TFC and hasn't really had many games that are just you consider howlers, if you're mm-hmm. able to come in and do that, then again, when you talk about looking for value on this team, it's right there. So Kobe Franklin for me gets an A. Yep. Yep. It's fair. Uh Gavin and I give him a B. Uh, but I, I buy your argument. I mean, this is this is what you want. This is what you want from your kids in the academy to come in, make first team deals, roll with the punches, earn their spot, or at least compete uh uh their spot. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I have a B plus. Um, the only reason he doesn't have an eight for me is I just want to see a little bit more from him offensively, which is funny enough. The thing that we all touted him for being when he came up to the first mm-hmm. team was yeah. from seeing him at TFC two, right? Was that he was really good going forward. Um, we haven't seen that much uh, with the first team. Obviously, there is a Lorenzo Insigne sized hole um, that can eat up a lot of that uh, going forward talent. But look at everything Mike said is correct, right? Like he comes in, he wins the job. He's been solid the entire way. Um, better defensively than I thought he would be. Uh, and I just want to see a little bit more offensively, but honestly that a, that B plus is so close to an a, like it's, it might as well be an a, but I'm going to leave it at B plus for right now. The amount that to he's, his parents. Yeah. The amount <laughs> that so he's grown, <laughs> <laughs> the amount that he's grown from even the start of the season, his first couple of appearances to where he is now, that part's really exciting about Kobe Franklin. And, you know, it's not very, it's, it's rare for young kids to go through stretches like this, where they're constantly like getting better. You often see like a lot of ups and downs, more downs than ups when you're really young. Kobe Franklin looks like he's, he's, on a steady trajectory upwards right now. And of course I'm, mm-hmm. I'm expecting downs to come, but at the same time, like 
this kid is this kid's looking like he's the real deal right now for GFC. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, which means we're trading him to Nashville in about three months. That's <laughs> okay. Uh, um, all right. Uh, next up is uh, the big free agent signing at center back, uh, Matt Hedges. Uh, Matt Mr. Hedges. Uh, a minus, and the only reason it's an A minus is just because he hasn't been able to stay on the pitch. But every time he's been on the pitch, he is TFC's best defensive center back best defensive defender if that makes sense um he's a leader at the back we see no matter who you plug beside him that back line works and is in sync so his his impact has been again as advertised and then some so for me it's, it's an a minus and with the asterisk it would be an a or a plus has he just been uh, able to stay on the pitch hmm. i'm giving him a high c c plus uh, but he can't stay on the pitch. Can't stay on the pitch. You have to measure uh, and that's, that. Yeah, you have to. That's important. But then that's you're important. saying the rest of it hasn't been that great. It's been just below. No, I'm saying average? he'd get it. He'd get an A if he wasn't made of glass. Um, but he's made of glass, and so that's you're rating bad. the injuries pretty high then. Yeah, I mean, for a center back, especially one who's holding our line together, who, who <laughs> if if his domino falls, then Sigurdsson becomes a pylon. Right for whatever reason means him getting injured is that much worse, and he can't stay healthy. So I'm not giving him an A for that reason. Like I, the, there's no participation medals for my big free agent signing. It's... Stay healthy. I know you're on the wrong side of the thirty, but stay healthier, or you're gonna get a C from me. I know it, it matters that much to you. Would you be <laughs> surprised if I told you he's played like the sixth most minutes out of anyone on TV? Yes. Yes, it would. He's played the six because it seems like minutes. he's never there. He's played over a thousand minutes this season for TFC. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So he's still getting a C plus from me and Gavin. Made a glass maybe. might be a little bit harsh. Yeah. Oh I yeah, it's like, so harsh. Yeah, I think so, C, so unbelievably C plus is harsh. harsh. I think B plus. Oh, whatever. B plus for me. Uh, the injuries, like you said, uh, Mike. But mm-hmm. I, I think you know that's the only reason he's not an A. Um, but outside of that, he, he's arguably been your best defender. Um, well arguably we're going to probably get to the best defender in a moment. Um, but, um, you know, from, from that perspective, I think he's again, like you said, has been av- as advertised, right. He's come in, he's solidified at center back uh, when he's playing, he is winning challenges. He's winning headers. Um, and, and generally his actual play out of the back in terms of passing has been okay. Not great. Um, but, you know, from, from mm-hmm. what you really buy him for, which is the defending, he's been fantastic. So B plus for me, a if he's not injured pretty straightforward okay. for me um, I, mean, yeah, I i take such issue with he's been just as advertised when he doesn't play i mean but i, I a take thousand minutes is give, a surprise but, but i give you yeah, no, I, I, I know you when you're rating you're, like like literally you're saying that basically he hasn't even if you take the injuries out of it he actually hasn't mm-hmm. been that great for the team oh no i think he's fantastic for the team the problem is is that he's so fantastic for the team that him that anytime he gets injured, it's like a double negative. It's like multiplying zeros. So he should maybe avoid it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, it's like uh, don't mm. go down, uh, don't mm. turn right on Adelaide at five o'clock. Just avoid it. You know, exactly. It. Just avoid it. Just yeah. avoid it. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, Shane O'Neill uh, is up next. I find this one a really hard one to grade, but Mike, uh, you get the unenviable task of going first. Wow. Yeah, fun. <laughs> um, let me just bring up Shane O'Neill's stats quickly. All right, we have 
two games played, one start, 114 minutes. Was forced off once because of an injury. Um, I, I can't really grade him. Like I, it's it's tough to really grade him. I I, I gave him a C plus. <laughs> no, and he gave him worse. <laughs> no, go ahead, uh, Mike. You're I not grading. I sorry. I, I'm not going to grade. Wow. I can't. Like it's not enough sample size. Again, battling some injury issues, different types of things, even a head injury that was related to some of the previous head injuries. Of, he's seen in his career um he's gone through a mm. lot off the field like i i can't grade shane o'neill at this point we just haven't seen enough of him i will say the two cameos that he made he looked actually pretty decent if i can recall before he had mm-hmm. to come off and i know he was put in a tough position in, in at least one of those cameos so or i think both actually he was kind of forced in at the last minute so for me yeah i'm gonna go i i can't again i can't yeah yeah I gave him a D plus uh, for those two cameos because he had some minutes and we were told to rate him. So I rated him, gave him a D plus. Yeah, um, D. Uh, but again, not necessarily a a fully in his own control kind of D. Um, that That's really just down to the fact that he hasn't played and we really did see him as sort of that third center back um, that was going to you know, spell minutes for Rosetta or Hedges in that case. In all ways, obviously, you bring in Emmy Mabika, and he's taken that role. Um, mm-hmm. And again, not a, a D, not of his own making completely, right? So um, just just because we're rating, uh, I, I, I got to give him a D, not necessarily anything higher than that. But um, we'll, hopefully, we'll see him back. Um, hopefully, we'll see him healthy um, and, and playing if, minutes for TFC. If he's healthy, he's a solid three no, agreed. Agreed. If he back. is, he's a solid number Absolutely. two center back he's playing. Absolutely. Right? Like, I think he, him and either Rosted or Mabika, whoever sort of ends up being in that battle for that third uh, center back role, that would be interesting. Um, but, you know, it's just get hoping better that on the team can, too. Yeah, get better and get healthy. Um, Richie Lorea, do we really need to give a grade here? I think it's pretty clear where this is going. F. For fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's A's all around, right? Like A yep. pluses all around. Like all the pluses. He, arguably, he's TFC's best player right now. Is that mm-hmm. is that um, like, I mean, uh, we could talk about scale all day, but in terms of form, in terms of form and playing on the pitch right now, he arguably. Yeah, I don't think TFC's there's an argument. Player. Yeah, I don't think. There's no, he's the best. He's the best. I'm sure somebody no will. Argument. I'm no, sure somebody no. will say Frederick. They're all wrong. A, a with all the pluses, every plus ever. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think it's an A plus across the board. Um, please don't go back to Nottingham. Um, <laughs> yeah. Basically, which uh, good new, apparently reports out from the athletic credible reports are saying that um, that loan deal might get extended to the end of the MLS season. So uh, that might be a good thing for TFC. We'll see what happens in the winter window uh, if he comes back. Um, and no grades for one Christian uh, Gutierrez, uh, who is, I think, fit now, um, but we have not seen yet uh, play minutes. And then Get well Sin, soon. Uh, well, he's fit. He's fit. He was on the bench the other day. So he's nice. played for T2 last night. Yeah, played for T2. T2, Electric yeah. Boogaloo. Amazing. They, went, they did win. Um, nice. Uh, and then Luke Singh is on loan at Atletico Ottawa and doing fairly well. I've seen a couple of uh, Luke Singh games at Atletico Ottawa. It's been okay. Speaking uh, of Luke Singh, we beat uh, the CONCACAF champions uh, with Luke Singh and Chris Armas on a on a 
Never on a forget. hot Florida Never morning. Forget. Never forget. Never, Never forget. forget. When the, the false dawn was nigh. Okay. Um, <laughs> midfielders. Let's jump in here with our midfielders. Um, a lot of people have a lot of opinion about these uh, midfielders, but let's so see many how opinions. Uh, these will go. Uh, Jeff, you'll start off this uh, sort of oh, round great. of categories here. Nice. Um, uh, all right. And Kosey. we're going to go. We're going to start off with Kosi. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, we gave him a B plus. Uh, and uh, I think it's well-deserved. Um, he is shining right now. He looks great out there. Uh, not much to say beyond... He's benefiting from minutes. He's benefiting from whatever uh, uh, is going on at club right now. And uh, long may it rain. Love watching him play. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, Mike. I'm going to go. I'm going to go C plus for, for wow. Cozy. First three quarters of the season didn't do much. And I think. He was even challenged by Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley wanted more out of him. Now lately, getting put into more of that, you know, advanced eight kind of role where he can kind of drift outside at times too. He has more freedom in the middle to move forward. I agree, Jeff. He's he's looked better. Um so much better. With Kosi, like I've said in the past, what you you know what you're getting out of Kosi Thompson. Is he going to ever be the best midfielder on the pitch? No, probably not. Is he going to be a liability for you? No, probably not. You're, it's a safe bet for Kosi. So, I mean, the last couple of games he's done well, but I think C-plus is probably warrants what he's done so far mm-hmm. this year because he hasn't really taken a step forward in the way I think TFC were hoping. Okay, in the way that TFC were hoping, fair enough. I think he has taken a step forward. Um, a small step in the way that Mike Newell was hoping. Yeah. Well, it just, yeah. in, just in terms of just being able to, I think to be one of those people that you rely on um, to, to spell important. Minutes, and I think that gets him a B, um, you know, let, let's see how, if this can continue as you were talking about Kobe Franklin and this wave just continuously going up as he gets better. Kosi's had a little bit of the normal wave that you talked about, Michael. And I think mm-hmm. that yeah. Yeah. Um, from that perspective, let's see if he can stay on this sort of trajectory right now. Um, especially as guys get back from injury, it'll be interesting to see, you know, if he's able to maybe do a Kobe and, and spell a regular out of regular minutes. Um, that remains to be seen. But I think what we've seen so far, and again, limited sample size, but it's getting a bit larger now that he's getting more minutes, a B, I think is I think is fair enough for him right now. Agreed. Yeah. Okay, uh, this is, I think, going to also be a tough one, Jeff. Um, Not for me. Hold your heart. <laughs> Victor Vasquez. 10. He's an A+. Gavin refused to vote because he didn't want to piss me off or make me cry. So it's a non-applicable for uh, Gavin Ellis, and it's an A+, for me. Um, that's in my head. in Or, sorry, in my heart. In my head, eh, I don't know. It's got to be a It's got to be a C+. Plus. And and that's a gracious C plus. We've seen him for like <laughs> two minutes. You know he what I mean? He gave him the same grade as Matt Hedges. Yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. I'm giving him an A because I didn't think about it, and he's the best, and I love him. It's an A plus. Forget you people. It's an A double plus. He's the best. Yeah. Again, I no grade is probably fair. He's played four appearances. He's. I think played 94 minutes. So just a full game of minutes. 
Um, the one game, I think, against San Jose, he actually looked pretty good when he got an extended run of minutes on the pitch. Uh, if I had to say, probably a D plus because the biggest thing is hey injured. But he also still does bring a lot to that locker room despite not being on the pitch as much. Um, so I'm going to D plus is what I'd say for Victor. It was a risk TFC knew what they were taking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a bad risk F. Um, look, I, like, I can't, uh, I, I can't, like, I, I'm sure the, yeah, I know Jeff, sorry. Um, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm sure the, look, mm-hmm. like the off the field stuff in terms of mentoring players and being a great player in the locker room. Like I, I, I'm not, I'm not discrediting that. That is important. I can only grade on what I see on a pitch. Right. And it does, it just looks like a player who just, He's just done. not it. Yeah, it's just not it. He's done. And, you, you I don't know? think that's that's true necessarily. We haven't seen enough of him to say. I didn't say he was done. I think he's just not it. Like it's just not what the team needs right now on the pitch. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I think I think a moderately healthy Victor Vasquez could be a wonderful. I, you thing see, for people this keep team. saying that. I think people are really has have the 2017 glasses on in terms of him. Like you know, I mean, look, great player can spell you some minutes. Right now, not not the guy. I think if if you're telling me he comes back healthy, that the guy is going to start picking you up, getting you points. Mm-hmm. No, but he was never going to be that guy for TFC. I think I think there was a thought that he not necessarily be the guy, but I think he was going to be a really important part of this team. Like I, I really do think he was going to be at a, like, a really if he was healthy. He was coming team. off. The, he'd be one of the first guys off the bench, right? Yeah, like, and, yeah. And I so don't he could think, still be that guy. I think there were other players that that could fill that role right now. Mm, I completely disagree. There, we Fair just enough. talked about how there's no one in TFC's midfield that can pull strings and can be the final number 10 and play the final pass. Victor Vasquez does that better than any one of TFC's midfielders. And but again, be, it's, it's one of those the things The chat where, is getting so mad at us for talking, for grading Victor Vasquez right now, and I am loving every second. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> because that's we're going to talk about him for another 30 minutes. So I hope, you know, buckle up. Yeah, Yeah. Exactly. see, like, like I, I, I get it. Like, we probably, it should be an NA. I get that. It should probably, Oh, 100% you know, right? should be an NA. I, I'm still giving him by saying that, an A yeah. triple plus. Yeah, yeah but yeah. I'm 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 still grading it. Like, I, I, I again, I, I talked about this on the podcast before. I was not a fan of the mm-hmm. signing to begin with. I kind of got on board with it in a sense that, okay, good guy in a locker room to have, can give you some spells of minutes, but I don't think looking in our past right now is the way to go. Okay. Is this the part where I tell you that he still gets an A++? Or, or yeah, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Nice. Nice. Um, All right. Let's move on. Yeah, let's move on. Uh, Jonathan Osorio. I gave him a C plus, and that's a little bit because of, than not being able to stay healthy, and that's a lot of he hasn't looked he hasn't looked good this year. Um, whether that's inconsistency, uh, uh, but he, yeah, he's been mad inconsistent, uh, and he just he hasn't looked up to snuff this year. But he's still Oso, so it's a C plus for me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you, Jeff. C plus is probably I think fair. Um, yeah, again, same same type of thing, battling injury issues um when he was on the pitch i agree with you he wasn't as good as maybe ozo of last year and then he started rounded form and then he got injured 
it's a C plus for me, but I I do want to emphasize again just how important he is for this team and how important he is to this team. And Jonathan Osorio goes down. I don't. He, aside from the DPS, he may be the most important player for this team when he goes down. I maybe Sean Johnson, maybe Matt Hedges, but in that category, absolutely Victor Vasquez in that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we're 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 agreed across the board at C plus. C plus is all around. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. he's um he's hurt, and and you can't you have to factor that in. I don't think he's been as sharp coming back from the World Cup, um, and coming back from the layoff. But that said, again, you put him back in the lineup and he's healthy, and he's probably still going to be arguably your best. Not even arguably, I think he's going to be your best midfielder. Um, okay, uh, Brandon Servania next up, Jeff. What do mm-hmm. you think? A solid B, B for Brandon. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's dipped in form a little bit uh, from the shining star of potential he was when he first hit. But considering how much weight he had to carry at the outset of the season, I think it's fair to expect a little bit of a dip in form. Um, he's also not getting the minutes that we thought when, you know, he was the savior because there were a lot of, uh, of saviors in midfield in TFC. You know, it's sort of been the story of the season uh, of we have no depth. Oh, who's this new shiny toy? Oh, he's great. Oh, he's injured for the rest of the time. So it's, you know, Brandon, Brandon gets a B. Um, he is a solid player, solid baller. And uh, I expect his form will ascend again and uh, it'll, it'll be great. Okay. I'm going C plus for Brandon okay. and I'm listen, I'm a huge Brandon Cervania fan. Um, the way that he started his TFC career, uh, he was he was making a case to be a starter for this team and undroppable for this side. Um, he's faded big time for me. And I think you can go through matches and you don't really notice him too much at this point in game. So for me, it's it's a C plus and I'd, I'd love to see some sort of spark back under him. And I know part of it could be because he has battled some injury issues that he's mm. playing through. And we saw him had to leave uh, the match against Chicago, but still, uh, I, I you need to you need to find a way to get more out of him because there is a ton of talent there for sure. Yeah, um, I have B plus. Uh, I thought he's faded. It would have been an A if he had sort of been able to keep the the same sort of uh, form, but it has it has dropped off. Um, so it's a B plus. I, I'm still being generous, and I, I think I am being a bit generous. It's probably closer realistically to a B C. Um, mm-hmm. great, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, I'm giving probably a lot more weight to the beginning of his season than to what he's been doing lately. So, um, I'll stay with a B plus. Okay. Uh, the next one, this should, uh, spark some debate. Michael Bradley. Mm-hmm. Jeff, I gotta go first. Don't I, yeah. uh, B plus come on. It's Michael Bradley. He's still, it's the, it's the endless, you know, obviously we haven't seen him for a while, but come on i mean we're we're lamenting what we lose when he's off the pitch the man is still a b plus player um i could even argue for a for an a player but we just haven't seen enough of him i got c plus for for michael bradley um nice yeah as you mentioned jeff he's such an important part of this team you clearly notice him when he is missing again 
can't he's missed he's, he's played what eight matches this season i think yeah, yeah. he's missed over mm-hmm. over half the year he's played seven matches so he's missed 10 games this season yeah exactly that's yeah i think that's the only was it a minus or a plus just a regular d no i said c plus oh c plus okay mm-hmm. gotcha. yeah i'll uh i'll go c um injuries obviously play a factor in that um i also do think that this is the 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 first i know people have been talking about it for a couple of seasons now but this is the first real season where you know the the pace was really really an issue i i think um but that said i i thought that he was still winning a lot of tackles he was still able to be in the right spots to win the ball back um in important positions when he was fit but obviously the injuries take a big factor in terms of the letter grades so i think c is sort of where he lands right now and who knows when we'll see him back if we'll see him back this season um mm-hmm. oh yeah. we'll see him back yeah I, I know we're supposed to see him back but like will like will he yeah. is he going to be playing the same type of minutes that we're used to seeing michael bradley play uh that's a question i don't, I don't yeah I'd say so. I, I would expect him back maybe in the next four to six weeks, I would say. Okay. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. We'll see where TFC is at at that point. Um, all right. Uh, True. Emi Antonoglu is next. I know he played the, as a defender when he has played, um, but he's also yeah. played slightly as a as a uh, So, I mean, by this scale, I've given him a fading, a failing grade. So, uh, let's give him a D, a D. Uh, and this is simply because I, I it I realize that it's quite a precipitous jump from uh, uh, MLS Next Pro or wherever TFC Two is playing to the senior team, but he did things for the for the the baby rats, um, and so I guess it's a little bit of disappointment that uh, that I haven't seen him do exciting stuff for the senior team, and so that's why I'm giving him the grade. I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not going to grade him. No grade? But 100 okay. minutes, three appearances, very brief. I will say the one appearance that he did come on during Montreal, I want to say it was. Yeah, Montreal away when they were down 2-0. I thought he injected a lot of life down TFC's left-hand side. So, yeah, let's. Cool. Yeah, not much more to say. Okay. Yeah, I see. I thought the when he's come in, he's... he's you know not been spectacular but also you know like you said can provide a bit of energy um and that's what you're asking for for a young player who's literally getting his first minutes um but then mm-hmm. again you know that's that's really all there there is to say um in, in terms of themi should have had a goal um i i think oh, yeah. it was yeah i think he well, which game um this would now been oh red bulls red bulls yeah red bulls should have had a goal against yeah. red bulls um yeah, shanked it. That's okay. We'll give him a pass on that. Uh, Alonzo Cuello. Um, mm. Jeff, you're up. C plus because um, of the injury and because I'd like to see him uh, have a bit more of the killer instinct. Uh, you know, really, really, really start feeling himself in terms of uh, the attacking noose. But uh, C plus might actually be too low grade because technically he's astounding and he's a baller and I love him. Yeah, a a minus for me. I wasn't expecting wow. minutes. I wasn't expecting him to get minutes at all uh, this season, and he came in and honestly 
at times looked like TFC's best midfielder in the middle of the park. Like he's impressed me Fair. so much in his way to transition from T2 to the first team. You just talked about how tough it is at times, Jeff. And I thought mm-hmm. uh, Alonso did a really good job of that. Um, really unfortunate injury for him too. Like it wasn't like a Super muscle injury. It was, it was a contact type of injury and you can't really do too much about those where it's just a bit of bad luck. So hopefully he gets well soon because he showed that he could have a promising uh mls career 100 perfect uh i was gonna go c but i'm gonna go b um i think he's been i think he's been solid um Jeff. i think <laughs> no i think i think i think mike talked me into that um <laughs> yeah yeah I know. anyway mm-hmm. um yeah i think it's a b you know i think he's been really good um i thought there were times though where he did look lost but that's natural for a player who just came from t2 and was not is playing minutes he probably was not expecting to play um so yeah. i think a b is solid enough uh for him and i think mm-hmm. that puts him in a, a decent stead when he gets back okay last midfielder to rate but not um, least but not least is mark anthony k everybody's favorite lightning rod in midfield right mm. now um right jeff you're up first see uh it's god what a what a what a what a weird uh career with tfc max had um to the point where you're like why did Bob fight for him so hard? Because he seems to be excelling in positions that we don't expect him to excel in. I'm talking about his spelling at center back. I'm talking about getting moved around and having to sub in for other guys in the midfield trio. Um, you can't ignore his utility, but you're, you're left scratching your head because this is a Bob guy. This is the Bob guy. And he's just having so much trouble. Like you'd almost think that he's the guy that's, reinforcing Bob's principles of play out there on the pitch, but we're not seeing that. And what's worse, and this is the big concern is you're starting to see the hotheaded side of him come out to play. Um, And I don't like that because unlike Richie, who I think, and and somebody corrected me uh, in my column this week, you know, we, Richie gets a lot of yellow cards, but you're, you're not really worried about Richie getting that second yellow. You know what I mean? Very often he'll get that first yellow, but you you almost forget that he's been carded. Um, Mac, I'm worried, is going to be our Granite Jacka. You know, pretty soon he's just going to be a red card magnet uh, with his reputation around the league. And uh, yeah, that's that's. I'm giving him a C. You cannot fault his technical ability, but there's a lot of things about his fit at TFC and and what's been going on at TFC that give me give me some pause. I'm going to go B. Mark Anthony K. Um, nice. He's he's been relied on heavily uh, during this stretch. Um, I'm going to give him some bonus points just because this guy can stay on the pitch and stay healthy and plays tough minutes. Also going to give him some bonus points because he leads MLS in tackles. That's and okay. I'm good in that. does mm-hmm. a like and not even close. Like it's by a large yeah, margin. He a leads lot. the league yeah. in tackles um more games than not he leads tfc in touches and he's he's really good again just at build at winning the ball back um so just for like his defensive work rate yeah like he yeah he does a lot for this team especially when there's a lot of a lot of young guys around him and he's been able to slot into that michael bradley six role in a single pivot which i thought nobody would be able to do this season and mark anthony k looks like he's doing a really really capable job of doing that right now. Now, again, the thing about Mark Anthony K is that he is prone to the, really that 
eye-popping error. You know what I mean? Like, he'll yeah. have a, a poor touch in the midfield that'll be really blatantly obvious and everyone will <laughs> yeah. see it and everyone yeah. will obviously get on him because of that. But when you look at the actual mm. numbers for Mark Anthony K, like, he, his passing accuracy is fairly, fairly decent. He... It progressively passing passing into the final mm-hmm, third, mm-hmm. passing ahead of him. He actually does take more risks than maybe some of TFC's other players in that position. Um, Turt said it. Turt's actually said it. It's, it's because he makes risky passes, you know? It's and, yeah. and they're high risk, high reward, yeah. Yeah, so I, th- I think that's fair. Um, again, I, I, I totally hear when people say that he turns the ball over too much and that he again is prone to those eye-popping errors um which i i I mean it's obvious like that that does happen to him maybe more than others um but again he does so many other things on the pitch that a lot of people don't notice because they're noticing the the eye-popping error so for me i i actually i think he gets a b i think he's he's been pretty solid for tfc although i think there's still more that he can clean up about his game and tfc could get more out of him yeah, I agree. A B. Um, it's mainly down to the fact that you know he leads the league in tackles. His his he leads. I think he's pretty close to leading the team in touches, um, progressive passing as well. You're 100 percent right. He does make he, he does turn the ball over um, in 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 spots, um, but that's partly sometimes down to touch. Sometimes that's partly down to passes that have been fired into him to the wrong foot. Yep. Um, and that's also partly down to the fact that at times he's outnumbered in the midfield based on the way that TFC have been structurally set up to play. So at times he's receiving the ball with two, sometimes even three midfielders around him at times, or a midfielder yep. and two midfielders and a defender. So in a lot of ways, he ends up having to battle two guys to try to win the ball uh, or keep possession and tends to lose it in that way. So, although some of the flack that he has gotten is well is deserved um, for sure. Uh, I do think that he is, I think unfairly kind of held up as the, the whipping boy, mainly because mainly because one, he has a long association with Bob Bradley and then a lot of people have a problem with Bob Bradley. Therefore, right. That, that goes on him a little bit. Um, but I also think that yes, because he does take, a little bit more risk with the ball. Ideally, that's what you want some of your players to be doing. And it's either going to pay off or sometimes it doesn't. And when we keep talking about injuries and the fact that it's affected the team in a lot of different ways, you know, one week he's making that forward pass to Lorenzo Insigne, the next week he's making that forward pass to Io Akinola or to Jaquiel mm-hmm. Marshall Ruddy. And no offense to those players, though I'm probably going to offend Io Akinola in a minute. Um, it's not the same, you know, it's it's just not the same. You're not going to get the same type of results. So yep. from that perspective, I think a B is where he's at. I can, I can hear your argument for a C a hundred percent. But I think just the fact that he can do so much more and, and, and be so defensively solid um, from that perspective in the midfield uh, gets him up to a B. He's carried a, a big burden for this team too. Like he, mm-hmm. again, as, as I mentioned, like, 
when everyone else is going down, he's the one guy that's been able to stay healthy. And Chiefs here playing through Mark Anthony Cave these last couple of games. He's shown positionally flexible. He's played, as Jeff mentioned, he's played center back at times. And now he's slotted into that sixth role, which I actually think is probably, I would say probably his best position um, that I've seen. Mm. I, I think he's actually better as a six than he is an eight. Um, Never just because the chat is saying that, yeah. Maybe maybe it has to do with the way that this TFC team is constructed. And I'd like to see more creativity moving forward out of their midfield. But he seems to have settled into this sixth role. And I, maybe, maybe I'm wrong in saying this, but maybe he's better when he doesn't take have to take the risks. Maybe he's mm-hmm. better when he just keeps the game really simple and plays what he sees. Um, but yeah, again, yeah. I, I'm a B for him. Right, fair Absolutely. enough. All right, let's move on to the last category here, which is uh, the forwards. Lots of forwards mm-hmm. to get through, so let's try to get through oh it relatively because a lot of guys ever. are going to have sort of a no yep, mark yep. here. Um, but uh, we'll start off with Iowa Canola. Um, I guess I'm starting off um, this round. Yep. Um, I- I'm going D. I-, I think he's probably, of all the players in the team, I think actually my most disappointing player. I really D was for disappointment. Up- yeah, I thought he was going to – I really, really hope – I was really rooting for him. I am still really rooting for Io Akinola. Mm-hmm. I think I think he can be a really, really good footballer. But it just hasn't worked out. It just has not worked out for him. Um, and now he's – you know, in terms of the pecking order, he's now behind DeAndre Kerr at this point. Um, and, in fact, probably behind Hugo and Jordan Perusa, who are now getting minutes in those, in those slots where he would normally be coming in as a sub. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I, I think right now it's a D. I just I, I he looks like a player that does not have the confidence, um, and that's hard. To, that's hard to fix. Mm-hmm. Mike, I think you're up next. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I go D D minus even um, mm-hmm. for all the reasons I that gave you, you a double D double D minus. There's also <laughs> an opportunity for Iowa Canola mm-hmm. to really take hold of the number nine position this year. And he hasn't taken advantage of the opportunity. So, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. Like, again, I'm with you. I'm rooting for Io. Great kid. Great person. Um, great story. Again, just, I think it's just maybe the fit's not there or whatever it is that isn't the reason for maybe it working. Maybe he needs to go it's to just, Nashville. Who knows? It's just, yeah, yeah, maybe he needs to go to Nashville. It's just not working. <laughs> He'll right replace now. Mukhtar in the lineup and we train him to Nashville. He might. He might. But we're done. I'm done with this experiment. F. Uh, it's enough. I mean, how much longer are we going to wait for this guy to get his ass well, together? Two years, like, because that's what's exactly. left on his contract. Yeah, exactly. It's enough. It's enough. I, I, you know, there's always a chance he's going to hit at another team. Um, good for him, uh, because uh, you know it's Hope good. It's good news for the Canadian men's national team. It's not happening at TFC, and it, I'm prepared to put a. I'm prepared to rubber stamp the experiment. It sucks. It's not happening. Uh, and I, I can't, we can't give any more time to it, to the Aokanola experiment. Sorry. Next. No, fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Uh, next up, Jaquiel Marshall Ruddy. Uh, uh, for me, uh, since I'm starting this off, I'll, I'll go. I'm, I'm struggling with this one. This is probably the one I'm struggling with the most. Um, but I will go A. And I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me, and that's completely fine. Damn. I'm going to go with an A because I think 
I've seen growth from him, and that's uh, in terms of what I wanted to see. That's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see him get minutes, be trusted with minutes, um, and, and play well. And I think he has. Has he been? Fun- has he been lights out? Has he been the most important player on the team? No, but I think from a watching a player grow and get minutes and get better every time I see him on the field. Uh, I'll give him an A for that. I, but I, I can hear, I can hear other arguments for another Mark. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I love Jack. Um, I'm going to go C plus though. Okay. I, I, again, when we talk about pedigree we talk about ceiling, we talk about potential, this kid has it all and he hasn't taken the step forward. Again, I, I think he took a step forward. I'm with you, Mike. I think there is, he looks bigger. He looks more confident. He looks like he's growing within the game. But I don't think he's been able to build off the first half of last season that he had. And yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to just ask, like, what, what do you think, do we think Jaquiel Marshall ready is as a player? Like, what, what, what are, I know that everybody keeps talking about expectations and, and things mm-hmm. that he was billed as, but what was that really? Like in terms of a player, what is his like? What is he like? What? Well, I mean, in like, terms of like, I, 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 like everybody keeps saying he has all these expectations, but I've never heard anybody really say like he's going to be a one-on-one uh, dribbling master, beat people like crazy, or he's going to be, yeah, no, he, you know, a tactical midfielder that's going to be able to pass the ball really well or a goal score. Like none of that. I've just heard that he's a really, really talented, gifted player, and I've seen that. Like I've seen that in terms of the way he plays, but yep, I've seen it too for sure. Mm-hmm. Like the way he reads the game is at the, mm-hmm. his age. I mean, he does he reads the game better than some of TFC's senior players. Yeah, to be completely honest. Um, yeah, and yeah, th- I think that's what it. That's what who he is. He's a guy who can fit in well with other really good players. And for a Canadian to do that at 18 years old now, like that, that's special. Um, yeah. The next part about his game is, yeah, I think it, it's even something TFC is struggling with, is figuring out exactly what Big his time. best position is. Big time. They're they're right? they're they're struggling with that. Big time, and they may ruin the kid um, because what they're doing is not ideal for JMR. Uh, and I, I honestly think it may be time to send him somewhere else uh, for the good of the player. Why um, though? Why though? Because because our our plan with him is terrible, um, and that and, and it is it's like he the, the JMR is potential right he can do all these things well well at some point somebody has to decide what that is and I don't think it's going to be TFC because they don't want to limit whatever they can sell him on for so they're just waiting for lightning to strike so that they can figure out a decision that they need to make that they're sitting on their hands not making and I think he goes somewhere else with more pedigree. They'll make that decision for him. And somebody has to put the pants on and make a decision for this kid because having him just in the ether waiting for something to happen that sort of dictates terms, it's not the way. It's just not the way. And and he's only getting older and he's only getting more and more bad habits. 18, like, 18, I, I, like... Yeah, but but I mean, in Europe, that's already, that's already okay. getting... I'm not... Uh, okay, okay, fair enough, fair enough. You know what I mean? I just... I just I think I think the team is 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 doing him dirty, uh, you know, and and my grade for him, which is a C plus, by the way, is because they're you know, we're all going to talk about that red card, right? We're all going to talk about how insane it was. 
I've never seen that before. I don't think I'll ever see it again. How the hell was he still dressed? Like, how did he come out 45 minutes later still dressed? He had been carded almost a half ago. Like, if you need a microcosm for how TFC is treating or maybe wasting this player, I can't think of a better one than that. Like, who the hell was watching the kid and let him walk back down the tunnel? An 18-year-old. You know what? He acted like an 18-year-old. That's what an 18-year-old would do. But he's in a professional football club, and and he can act like an 18-year-old all he wants, but there doesn't seem to be a support system to maybe – you know, counter those impulses. So to me, I, I just think the sooner, the sooner that JMR figures out that TFC doesn't have his best interests at heart and they're sitting on their hands waiting for him to decide his own faith so that they can, they can, you know, ride his coattails, the better off he's going to be. I don't think the club are doing right by the player. I, I a little bit harsh by Jeff, but I don't, I agree that the club hasn't done him any favors. Um, since bringing him and turning him professional. I think he should have been playing much more than he has so far in his career. And I, again, the decision to bring in Richie Larea, while you can't really argue against it from a TFC perspective for a team that wants to compete and wants to win trophies and all of that, but bringing Richie Larea in halfway through the year when you've tried to develop Jaquil Marcioretti at that position that did him no favors. And from that point on, he kind of got pushed to the backseat a little bit more when in reality they have a kid who everyone's talking about has insane potential that European teams, not just European teams, I'm talking Liverpool's, the Arsenal's, Club Brugge, top-level Champions League sides are wanting to sign this kid. So he has that potential in him. And I think that he should have got more minutes from where he is now. And I also think they should have, in Jeff's point, kind of figure out exactly what, where to play him, what his best position is, right? The right back experiment. While it's great to have that flexibility, and while maybe a team in Europe might have wanted him at that position, not sure it really worked out. So that's... You know, might it might maybe it benefits him in long term, but I would like to see more of a clear cut plan for exactly how to use Shaquille Mercheretti. It seems like he's kind of a Swiss Army knife for this team right now. When for mm-hmm. team wise, that's probably good. Development wise, is the best. I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, all right, let's uh, let's move on here to Adama Diamande uh, F. Yep. Like it. it, it you know, if we're using the logic of you, you set, you spend money to bring this player in was really brought in to probably be the starter um, at Ford and one can't stay healthy. Um, and two, when he has been on the pitch, has it really been that impactful? Looks um, like garbage. F for me. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sing. Um, yeah, no grade if possible, but if I had to, um, yeah, D minus. Uh, he's a guy, Bob Bradley said, he's a guy who's hard to trust and rely on right now. And I think that speaks volumes to kind of where everything is with Diamante. Yeah, where where everything is behind the scenes with Diamante. Yeah. Yeah. Don't care. F, useless. Absolutely useless. Uh, Waste of money, waste of time. Okay. Federico Bernardeschi. (laughs) Um... I'm going to go B. I'll go B plus. I'll go B plus. I was hovering between a B and a B plus. I'll go B plus. Mm. 
Um, would have been an A, uh, but and I'm not. I'm actually not going to put the off-field stuff or the Bob Bradley stuff into my figuring mm-hmm. here. Um, I'm more putting on the on the pitch. I think his form has dropped off um, quite a bit mm-hmm. in terms of his performances. I think we saw a bit more spark in him um, the last two games, and especially on Saturday. Um, but it, it has dropped. Uh, so you're from an A to a B plus. That's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, B minus for me. Start of the season, he probably would have gotten an A. But I'm with you. He's dropped. If you look at his last nine, ten games, no goals, no assists. Uh, production wise, out of a DP, isn't quite there yet. And even when you mm-hmm. look at the stats that he did create, um, one was an Olympico from a corner on a really windy day. So what an Olympico one of, though? Great one of his goals, yeah. And mm-hmm. I, it's funny that he had the Olympico, which is great, but set pieces um which is something he takes a lot of just haven't been really good for tfc at all no corners they've done decent job at but free kicks hasn't been hasn't been good he hasn't been able to find that magic moment um so for me it's a b minus because just because i know there's so much more in there uh, that i'd like Mm. to see yeah Yeah. we know what it is we know what a plus for frederico bernardeschi looks like exactly yeah 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 uh gav said as a wide player zero and as a 10 10 um uh i will say i'm i'm giving him a c minus um i think the league has figured him out uh as a right winger i don't like him as a right winger in this league i don't like him as a right winger on this team too often richie and tim are stepping on each other i think we have the talent on the right to provide overlaps without him there i'd love to see him as a 10 I'm going to be a broken record about this. I think the number on his shirt is his secret code. Play him as a 10. Um, I, it may not be what, what Bob wants, but I don't think a 4-2, a four three two one is that different from a 4-3-3. Three, three. Um, he's not Ariane Robin at Bayern Munich. He is not going to make a career of cutting in to take that shot. We fit, the league has figured him out. Uh, and so you got there's got to be more in the toolbox. So, uh, you know... Let's see if that, where it is because I hate him on the wing. I hate him on the wing. I don't ever want to see him there again. See, that's a weird. Like I, I get. That. I, I don't. You know, I, I see what you're saying. But remember, the first mm. part of the season, we were all sort of praising that the only way this team was ever going to score goals was have Federico and and Richie Larea down the right. I wonder what has happened. Now you could be right because Maybe we only should. went with Richie and Federico down the right to enough teams that they all figured out how to defend that, and with nothing else in the in the tank, you know. There were some uh, there were some moments during the weekend that Federico Bernardeschi burned his guy one v one, burned his defender one v one. There's one in particular where we faked going inside and then cut down the line. I, I think that's to say he's just a one trick pony. I I think it's a little harsh. I does he like to do that trick more than? Maybe other moves, yeah, yeah, of course. But a lot of wingers like to cut inside and like to go swing it far post. Mm-hmm. Ryan Zonsigny is one of those guys as well. Um, but I'd like to—I'm with you, Jeff. I'd like to see him adapt his game a little bit more. But I think we are seeing signs of that. Um, has the league figured him out? I, I don't know. I don't know. Did he really have the league fooled to begin with? That's fair. I, That's fair. I don't know. This is a league where they're going to go after your ankles. This is a league where you know. They may not be the most technically astute defenders, but they'll they can run for days, and they're not afraid to go studs up on you. So, uh, I just I think he needs to adapt his game, uh, and I I haven't seen enough of it yet. So so there it is. And again, 
he went after Michael Bradley. So until something changes there. So you factor Sorry, that Fed into your grade? You have no, I don't. Okay, I don't. I don't factor it into my grade. But if I had to factor it into my grade, it would be a worse grade. Fair enough. Anyway. Fair enough. All right. DeAndre Kerr. Um, DeAndre, I'm giving like I, – I think he's been – I think he's been – Hit and miss. I, I'll go B um, with DeAndre, um, and, and it's simply because when he's when he's on, he's he's on there. But there are times where you the light goes off a little bit, um, mm. and I think that goes with the ebb and flow of a young player still figuring out, you know, what are they best at in terms of being a professional footballer? Are they a nine? Are they a winger that cuts in off the right? Um, mm. Which a lot, of, which again, Jeff, you feel like that may be his best position. Um, but I'll, I'll go B. I mean, he is the striker with the most goals on this team. So yep. there is that. Um, so I think a B is uh, is warranted here. Yeah, mm-hmm. with the B, hit and miss. Uh, some games he's, he's really looking like a player who can be a part of a front line on a pretty decent team. And there are the games where, you know, you just you wish you can get a little bit more out of DeAndre. Um, so for me, I'm with you. It's a B. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, you're going. Uh, oh, oh, my turn. Uh, I gave him a B plus um, because I'm really enjoying watching his development. Really, I know I said this on the show, but to me, he's he's like my way in to watching how uh, how a player develops. I mean, I just you, I can see the gears turning in how he plays, and if he makes a mistake how he's eager to correct it with his body positioning or when the same thing happens again, how he tries something different. And I, it, that, that may not be, that may make him a worse player than he is because I'm looking at it in the stands and I can see the gears turning, but I, I love it. I love it. So for me, it's a, it's a B plus and, and I agree with all of your points to counter that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. All right. Next, uh, another new member of Toronto FC, CJ Sapong. I'm going with a C. Um, mm-hmm. Bang average. Uh, got a goal in his first game. Um, great. Since then, again, bang average. Um, yeah, yeah. He stays fit, so that's good. Uh, and <laughs> you know, uh, and and you know what? I, and not to you know, the, the, maybe not to be so facetious. I think like he he does he can when he is on his game, able to at least play a little bit with Bernadeschi and Insigne. I don't say it's always effective. I don't say that he always you know, clips off the back heel. This touch could get a little heavy when they fired into him in, in the box, but um, at least he can do that. So um, given the current state of the Toronto FC number nine position, um, I think that might be the best we get C. Yeah. Uh, I'm with the uh, C as well um, mm-hmm. for everything that you said, but also when, even though he's not scoring, he does do a lot of work. Um, he is willing to go to areas that I think other TFC strikers aren't. I agree. And yeah. I, I really, I, I think that this is probably what you would expect out of CJ Sapong uh, when he was traded for, right? This is a guy who had one goal in about a year, dating back to his time with Nashville, but still he is complimented and praised for his, his work rate around Hani Mukhtar and helping get the best yeah, out of yeah. Hani Mukhtar. So, um, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a C as well. Uh, it's still another gear that you can hit for CJ Sapong. And that, again, debut, great debut, but it hasn't been the same since. Yeah, C for me, C's across the board, and I could go lower because 
Um, I do remember when he scored, Mighty Doyle at MLS Mothership said, well, this is what CJ does. He's going to be hot for two months. And he wasn't. Uh, so see, but uh, wishing wishing we got that that CJ uh, uh, glory, that two months of glory that every other one of his teams. And I maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we will. Certainly, uh, you know, he does the dirty work. So if there's one player whose form can ship on a dime, I think it's this guy. And that, you know, based on what happens in the rest of the pitch. So, so a C for now, CJ. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe we can turn that frown upside down. All right. Uh, next, Hugo Embong, the younger brother of dearly departed Ralph Priest. Not dearly departed. He's still alive. He's just mm-hmm. in Colorado, which is almost career dead. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Seven appearances, just over 100 minutes. Again, would probably be an NA for me if I had to rate him. Mm. Like a B. Like he's pretty much exactly okay. how you'd expect a 17 18 year old homegrown striker to to be um and he's shown promise again to, to with TFC2 uh this season so i think he has a bright future in front of him okay um i'm going c i, I and it's not a negative c this is a c of a player that again it's i bouncy c I didn't think he was going to get minutes this year. Got mm. minutes um, down to poor form and injury uh, on, on the first team. And when he's come in, he's looked bright. Um, clearly, he's not really quite ready for the big time yet, but uh, valuable minutes. C. Yeah, I'll I'll do the the NA slash C uh, because yeah yeah it, it the amount of time on it, you're, he's exactly what you said. I can't I can't say it any better. All right. Um, going on next, uh, only two more players left. Uh, wow. Jordan, per- Jordan Perusa. Mm. Um, I'm going to everybody's go favorite attacking midfielder. Yeah, I'm, yep. I'm going to go. D- <laughs> I'm going to go D on this. I think this is. I I really do think Jordan needs to leave the club. I know he doesn't want to. I know that he's pretty loyal to the club. I think he's one of those players that would benefit by leaving the club and going elsewhere. Um, I just. I just. I don't think his moment's going to come at TFC. Uh, so go go out, play football, um, either at at a USL club. There's a lot of USL clubs that would value him, I think. Um, or if he can find another MLS ride, that is going to be willing to give him solid minutes because I think he has a lot of talent. I hear Nashville's he really, looking. I he's got a lot of he's got a lot of talent. He really does. Um, and I've yeah. seen it at TFC too. We've seen flashes of it on the first team. But it's clear he's just not going to really get to play in his preferred number nine as the up top guy at TFC. Yeah, three appearances, ninety five minutes. Um, I believe just one start in that in that span. Again, NA for me. Okay. Um, yeah, he he's he's a pretty decent contract. So I'm not sure how many other teams would be willing to take that on. And I'm not sure if Jordan himself would also be willing to completely turn his back on that. Um, He's, he's making, he's got a good contract there for him. Uh, I I really think this guy also needs minutes. I'm with you, Mike. He needs needs minutes. The potential is there. He's not, he's not nothing like he, he, but he's not not necessarily like a young player anymore. Really? 22. Yeah, like I think he needs to go get minutes and go mm-hmm. play football. Like I would love to see him at TFC. I really would love to see him be the guy at TFC, but this, it, it's just not happening right now. And clearly, I, I'm so disappointed that he hasn't gotten more minutes in this in this 
search for been some injuries too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, yeah, he was injured for a couple of weeks too. Yeah, and Jeff. Yeah, loan him. Uh, you're going loan NA as well. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go NA. I I mean, I'm so disappointed be, just because I want to see more of the kid. Um, you know, he scores bangers. I've seen him score super bangers for TFC too. So I'm excited about this guy in a huge way. And and it's just you know the fact that he's not even getting a look. Uh, and Mike said it's 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 injury based. So yeah, it's a it's a non it's a non-applicable, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I'm sad about it. I will say I've always thought the case for Jordan Perusa is that he won't hit his potential until he's like 25, 26, when he really physically matures because he's got a ton of skill and the skill is there, but sometimes I feel like he does get pushed around a little bit more easily than um, maybe a number nine in this league sometimes does and that's fair so, he does get bodied a lot yeah, yeah, yeah but but again the skill is there the potential is there the finishing ability we've seen it it's there i think just the physical side of the game just to be a little bit quicker and a little bit stronger i think that that'll come for him but it's just going to take time yeah fair enough all right enough. and then we are ending it on uh the dp the current tfc captain um until michael bradley returns uh mm. lorenzo insigne um hard for me to not give him anything but a c um i'll be maybe inclined to give him a c plus um i, I think he's starting to, to round into a bit of form right now so there therefore i'll mm-hmm. give him the plus on that but you're injured um for a good part of the start of the season um and then when you come in you're you're so so um, the last couple of games, obviously that's picked up. So that that's a positive and we'll see how that continues to evolve, um, as he plays more minutes and, and gets fitter and, and mm. gets more form, but C plus, um, and I don't, and I think that's generous. Me too. Me too. Even though I gave him higher, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to go C just because when you're the highest paid player in major league soccer, when you have the potential Lorenzo Insigne has, you expect him to produce a lot more than he has produced over the course of the mm-hmm. season. Um, two goals, two assists, I believe it is now. Uh, one goal, two assists came in the team's last three matches. So he has turned up as late, but he's played 10 appearance. He has played 10 matches and, as you mentioned, was injured at the start of the season. So for me, yeah, it, it's a C. Okay. I did a B minus um, and mostly. I'm going to be honest, it's because of the last few games. It's recent surprise, <laughs> but he's, I mean, it, the last few games have just been wonderful. It's so nice to see the player that, you know, even, let's be honest, is like 15% of the player we thought we were going to get, but what a 15%, man. I mean, some of the things that that boy can do on the pitch, my goodness gracious. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited about the future with Lorenzo. I, I, I cannot tell you how disappointing he's been. Uh, I mean, I think we all know how disappointing he's been, but the future looks really bright for this guy. And I'm willing to sacrifice a lot on the altar of getting Lorenzo to deliver on the potential that we expected. Um, and his name's Federico Bernardeschi, but uh, that's besides the point. Do, do you think that these last three games have shown you enough to make you believe that this is the Lorenzo Insigne that TFC no. are going to get for the rest of the season? Not at all. Not even close. I'm I'm more worried about it than ever because had it been pure dog ass, uh, then it would have been easier. But the fact that we're now seeing flashes that he can hang 
in MLS uh, is going to make this potentially even more difficult if there is a regression um, because the flashes are unbelievable. It's, it's ridiculous. I think so potentially, um, but it will depend on fitness uh, of a yep. lot of players around them too. Right. Like um, if you start getting to another rash of injuries again, I think the international break might be coming at like a bad time for him. Like this whole window where you mm-hmm. have an international break, then you play a bit, then you have a big stop and then you're playing in the tournament and maybe you'll get a couple of games out of the tournament. You may only get one or, or two um, and then you're out. Um, that That is going to be interesting to see how he can keep his form going. Um, mm-hmm. But possibly like, like you look, the, the skills all there. Like there's just no doubt. There has never been doubt. The skill is all there. It's just a question of can he sort of just start to pick it up and can he make the players around him better right now? And I think that's the part I'm, I'm missing a little bit is just being I saw a lot player. of that in, in, I mean, small sample size FC, but you know, that, that DC game, he, he was dying. He was dynamic. He was, it was, he was, it was very good. unbelievable. He it was, was unbelievable. Good. It was, it was so much fun to watch, but yeah. Yeah, the verdict is still very much out on this. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, if we look at these grades just overall, just really quickly, I mean, I think there's a lot of still judgment out on a lot of players right now. I mean, the only players I think we're all kind of solid on is Sean Johnson, Richie Larea, and oddly enough, Kobe Frank. Victor Vasquez. Um, You know, like from that perspective. So, Thank you guys for the grades. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, you, you hit us up on Twitter um, at uh, Toronto Till I Die. I'm going to cut them grades. all into into little yeah. clippies, and then we'll get we'll get all the conversations yeah, going. Exactly, and yeah, then you I tell us where where you think uh, the grades are, where you think we're crazy, um, or just slam me for my Victor Vasquez takes, which is uh, completely fine. They're going to uh, slam you for your Victor Vasquez takes. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, they're going to slam me for my Victor Vasquez yeah. takes. That's fine. I can take it. Um, no, we're not doing grades for Bob and Bill. We're not idiots. <laughs> yeah, not right now. Not right now. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, not mm. right now. Like, we get no, it. No. You don't like them. Yeah, we, we get, get it. it. We, we hear you <laughs> loud and clear. Um, yeah, yeah. All right, let's head off uh, this to this week's burning question uh, presented by Nextdoor. The burning question presented by Nextdoor. Nextdoor is the official community app of Toronto FC. It is also where you can connect with people and local businesses in your neighborhood. We'll be posting the burning question each week on Nextdoor's TFC fan group. So join today by downloading the app or going to nextdoor.ca. Also, our first giveaway is dropping very soon. So watch our socials for that um, as that gets ready. I think we're planning for the international break. Um, so yep. look out for that as well. But this week's burning question, has M.A. Mabika surpassed Sigurd Roasted on TFC's depth chart? What is this center back's ceiling? Um, from the uh, next door fan group, Chris D writes in, great question. In my opinion, absolutely. Yes, absolutely. He closed down some attacks very effectively. Roasted has high had high hopes, but seems to be struggling. Question mark. Two dicey, unnecessary fouls late in the game give Minnesota, gave Minnesota momentum and the opportunities. Uh, I definitely favor Mavika right now over Rosted, And I feel like that is the overall sentiment right now now granted yeah recency bias um but yeah recency bias sometimes is there for a reason right um so guys give me your thoughts here before i read some uh of the thoughts from uh twitter 
Joao Diz Coisas um, made a really good point. <laughs> Sorry, Joao. Uh, we, we completely butchered that, probably. Uh, uh, 100%. As soon as Sigurd was subbed on, we were getting beat on the long ball immediately. Uh, he's right. Um, the 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 fact that it looks like teams start doing backflips when Sigurd is playing as opposed to somebody else um, gives me pause. Uh, even more so than the fact that he seems to be a completely different player when he's not paired up with Matt Hedges. Uh, gives me pause. So, yeah, I, I, I definitely favor uh, Mendika over Rosted right now. It's a tough one. It is. It's a lot tougher than I think a lot of people think. I mean, you remember last game, obviously, you're going to Mibika 100%. But if you look at the sample of the season, I always say, like, I've, I've said this in the past, like, center backs are the toughest position to evaluate because essentially what you're evaluating based off of is, okay, A, their ability on the ball to mm-hmm. spray passes. I think people are smart enough to, to see that and read that. But be essentially what, based on the camera angles at times, it's just errors, obvious errors or yeah. heroic saves and heroic clearances and stuff like that that a lot of people um, measure stuff on. I'm, I think it's I think it's Mabika. I th- I think Mabika is past Sigur Rosted on the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Rosted was available the last two matches, and Bob Bradley opted to go with Mabika, so that does tell yeah. you that that probably is the answer. Um, that also tells you, gives you some indication as to whether or not TFC might be willing to shop Sigurd Rostead after just a couple of months here at the club because they need to make other moves and shore up mm. maybe other positions if Mabika is willing or able and capable of, and they've seen enough out of Mabika to make them believe that he could step in and fill that void for TFC and also dependent mm-hmm. on Shane's health as well. Um, so maybe that is something that they explore because Sigurd Rostad is making a pretty decent amount of money. A pretty so decent Mabika, chunk of change. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if they like Mabika in that role, maybe that's something they explore. Yeah. And look, I, I think the the fan base is agreeing with you both um, in terms of your, your sentiments mm-hmm. here. Like uh, Gray Reed just uh, writes in, I've been a supporter of Rostad, but Mabika has been fantastic since he's joined the club. He's composed with or without the ball and truly knows how to utilize his size to his advantage, which is a big thing in MLS, right? Like if you've got big center backs um, yep. that can be physical and defend, that is still a big thing in this league. Pacey too. Yeah, for someone so pacey. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, his recovery runs are insane. But that's because he makes more in two steps than most of us do. In like, <laughs> a, like it's just those legs are gigantic. It's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, absolutely. yeah. No, he's he's really good, and it's tough, man. Like the fact that he's on such a low amount of money, you know, it's it's an unfair comparison because you know Seager Rostad did not come up uh, through via MLS. Like he came up in Norway, where he's from. So naturally to attract a player from Europe, you're going to spend more money than, you know what I mean? It's just an unfortunate circumstance, but it is what it is. Um, And yeah, you know, what are we paying Sigurd? Like what? A couple hundred thousand? At least? 700, 800, yeah. Oh my God. he's pretty high up there. A mill for him? Yeah, man. He gots to go. Uh, Well, we'll we'll see. I mean, look, I I think... And he's costing a tenth of his, like, 
almost a tenth of what he's making. That's the so, thing, right? Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's the thing. But again, like I, I, I would caution recency bias here, like in terms of, of course, of, like, sure. right? It's it's a sample of what eight to ten games, uh, mm, which is mm. still a, it's starting to get a decent sample size, right? In terms yeah. of Mbika right now, but you know, uh, like other people, people the teams start to scout and figure them out, right? In terms of how they play. So from that perspective, mm-hmm. I get that. A couple more here before we wrap up the show. Um, Arnold DeVries just writing and say blue by him. Roasted needs uh, seems to struggle without hedges, which again has sort of been echoed on the show yeah, uh, as yeah. well. Um, Greg Finley just writes in. I kind of like this. I hesitate to put Mabika ahead of Roasted on the depth chart because if he's a starter, then he'll probably undoubtedly suffer a lower body injury and miss two months. <laughs> um, so, yep, yep. so the injury bug uh, plague to hit uh, Mabika. Uh, and last, uh, but certainly not least, from our friend uh, of the show, Chris Fung, just saying, Roasted mm-hmm. has only looked good when he's played uh, next to Hedges. He's been absolutely terrible. Otherwise, still looking for shorts after a four played him off the pitch. So yeah, Mabika should easily start over him. Yeah. So look, I, I think a lot of people right now, and it's funny enough because I said in the offseason I thought that Roasted would struggle. Then he didn't struggle right off the bat, and now it seems. And to then be he did, yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So I mean, look, we'll, we'll see. He could get it back, right? Like if he gets a stretch of games again, whether yeah. through injury, because Roasted, because right now, who knows how long Matt Hedges is going to be out? He had to go out on Saturday. So um, you know, if you get Mabika and and Roasted together, maybe they start to form a, a good partnership, and he can kind of. Do sort of the simple things that that need to I need happen. to see a lot more for almost a million dollars when we're so against it. I realize, mm-hmm. I realize that that's totally unfair considering the amount of money that we are wasting all over the pitch. But I'm sorry that that's a hell of a lot of money to be paying for somebody that's competing with uh, with Shane O'Neill for minutes. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I don't it, think it's with Shane. Yeah. yeah, a little harsh. A little harsh. I think TOC fans are right now on Roasted. I personally mm-hmm. feel like. Um, I don't disagree. Yeah, a little harsh. Is he worth the value? I don't know about that. I agree. I would agree I still with think that. It's early to tell. Yeah, and, that, and that's fair too. And as I pointed out, it's the toughest position to really evaluate. Um, and it's so insanely hypocritical. Like, let's give Lorenzo Insigne another tens of millions of dollars, but oh my god, this guy's getting hovering close to a million. You know, <laughs> take him out to the back of the barn, basically. So yeah, yeah. No, it's not. It's not. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we have gone a long time. It's probably one of the longest, longest shows show ever. ever done. This might be uh, our longest so, show ever. Yeah. So if you have listened all the way through, you're a sicko. Um, but we love you anyway. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Toronto Till I Die. We'll be back next Monday recapping TFC's last match before the international break at home against Nashville. Uh, big ask for the viewers and the listeners who catch us on podcast form. Give us a follow on Twitter. Um, if you're still on that bird app, it has not died yet. Um, Ellen if you're on Blue Sky, send me an invite. Send me Fair an enough. invite, please. Send Jeff yeah, an yeah. invite if you're on Blue Sky. I have no idea what that is. Um, uh, just search at Toronto Till I Die on this bird app and find all of our past episodes, clips, links to the YouTube channel, and all the places you can get the podcast um, as well. Um, but for Michael Singh and Jeffrey P. Nesker, I'm Mike Newell. See you all next week, y'all. Cheers. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.